After hundreds of interviews and thousands of hours of research, we're excited to share with you our first book, The Greater Good, Life Lessons from Hawaii's Leaders, with a special forward from Mayor Mufi Hanneman. The Greater Good is a collection of personal stories and quotes from over 70 of the leaders we've interviewed. The Greater Good will make you laugh, make you cry, and will inspire you to live a greater good life. Available at bookstores statewide and at greatergoodbooks.com. Welcome to Greater Good Radio Hawaii, where leaders inspire leaders. Greater Good Radio Hawaii is dedicated to social entrepreneurship. I'm your host, Evan Leong, and with me is my co-host, Carrie Leong. Thank you, Evan. Today's guest is Saleva'a Fua'uli Atisanoe, also known as Konishiki, one of the most celebrated athletes in sumo wrestling. In addition to sumo wrestling, Konishiki is also an established rap artist and is the founder of Konishiki Children's Foundation. When time permits, Konishiki is also involved in various community-based initiatives. Please welcome to Greater Good Radio Hawaii, Konishiki. Welcome to our show, Konishiki. How's it? Nice to be here. Thank you for having us in your beautiful home. Well, you know, not too many people get to come out here and shoot, so We're very I'm glad you guys here. Thank you. Save me the drive. <laughs> <laughs> so everyone knows you for your success with sumo wrestling. Can mm. you tell us what you're up to nowadays? Well, lately, um, after sumo, my sumo career, which I was about 15 and a half years, I, I, I left the sumo association and started my own businesses, which is actually just marketing who I am and and did all my productions for my me as a personality in sumo after sumo so I got into like TV and stuff so right now I'm actually have uh, music that I do I do uh, I go on music tours in Japan I do about 150 shows a year I got I do lectures I have a restaurant that I right in the middle of part of Tokyo it's called unbalanced because it's a a Japanese and Hawaiian restaurant, and um, actually, um, just a kid show that I've been doing for four years. I have a DJ. I, I'm a DJ to have a, a show that only plays a local con contemporary music uh, in Japan every Sundays there, and that's about it. I just do a lot of events and stuff like that. What about the Hawaiian music project you're working on now? That we just started last year. I'm trying to get um, more venues for a, a local artists, the music side. And people like uh, Fiji and Kapena and the Manao Company, people that are big here, but not none of none of them are really known in Japan, because uh, I think um, nothing has happened between Kalapana, Country Comfort, CNK. Thirty-three years they've been around, and they're the biggest thing for contemporary music in Japan. So I think I don't think anyone who um, took a chance to promoting all our new stuff. So that's what I've been trying to do is talking to the artists, trying to develop some ideas and um, working with them and try to do some venues in Japan. Our first venue is going to happen in this May already. So I'm um, actually taking up the girl Taimani Gardner. Uh, she's a ukulele player. Mm -hmm. She's very, very good, in fact. And then uh, my nephew Langa Sovea with Ekolu up in May to do some promotional things. But hopefully in the summer we have something real big where we can take seven to seven, six to seven artists to do venues up there. What made you interested in getting involved in the entertainment industry? Entertainment was always part of um, the culture. I, you know, I'm, I'm Samoan, 100% Samoan, and, and through my school years as an elementary student, Nanaika Pono, we were a part of a, a group called Nanaika 
It's called Naleo Nanai Kapuna, which is, um, we did uh, very cultural Hawaiian things. We learned how to speak Hawaiian in our school and learned um, performance and chanting in Hawaiian and singing in Hawaiian and do all the cultural dancing. So naturally that just was part of me. And then through our church, through our youth group, we um, learned Samoan dance and we learned how to perform. Plus it was part of a choir. And through my high school years, during my junior school, I got involved in instrumental bands in the high, in the high school bands in Nanakuli, where I played my first instrument was a saxophone, tenor sax. But after that, I learned all the other instruments. I ended up playing trombone for my for my jazz band, and then I play I would play tuba or baritone for a youth marching band and stuff. So, very involved in music. The whole family loves music, and um, uh, that's where the entertainment side comes from. But it's it's nothing that I actually work so hard on it. It's just something naturally was part of our upbringing. Yeah. So you don't really have a business manager. You're, you are the business manager. Yes, I, I kind of do everything myself. And I have an office that does all that for me in, in Japan. And um, the thing is, I didn't, when I first got into doing my own business, it's like, mostly it's just like street smarts. You wouldn't know, you wouldn't know too much, but you would know enough not to do the wrong something wrong you know what you know you know like when people tell you don't understand the business yeah you can not understand but at the same time you can understand enough to that you're going to be put into a bad you or a good deal right so that much i knew so you know i did all my life i left here at 18 and went straight into sumo so my education stopped at high school and everything else just just learning from meeting very high the highest level of people's in in whatever business they were in you know, so I you mean, had a mentor? Somebody mentored you in business? No, really. I just I see and I learn because I would go out with people who own Sony or people who brought McDonald's, Mr. Fujita, who actually brought McDonald's to Japan. Uh, people that own Sanyo, you know, Mr. Sunera, who's a friend of mine. Ue. People that, because of sumo, I had an opportunity to meet. Mm -hmm. You know, like the emperors, the ministers, prime ministers and stuff like that. And I just learned because I go out with a lot of them and just see how they're controlling just by watching their surroundings. Thanks for tuning in. Stay tuned for more on Greater Good Radio. After hundreds of interviews and thousands of hours of research, we're excited to share with you our first book, The Greater Good, Life Lessons from Hawaii's Leaders, with a special forward from Mayor Mufi Hanneman. The Greater Good is a collection of personal stories and quotes from over 70 of the leaders we've interviewed. The Greater Good will make you laugh, make you cry, and will inspire you to live a greater good life. Available at bookstores statewide and at greatergoodbooks.com. Howdy sell his company to Akamai Technologies for $3 billion. Find out at greatergoodradio.com. Who donates 6% of sales to make more money? Find out at greatergoodradio.com. How do you get 100 stores and 100 million in sales in less than 10 years? Find out at greatergoodradio.com. Who raised $50,000 in a few weeks for the tsunami relief? Find out at greatergoodradio.com. And all while benefiting the community. Greatergoodradio.com. We're back with one of the most celebrated athletes in sumo wrestling, Konishiki. Were you always business-minded, or did you get inspired after your career in sumo? I started getting inspired during my career, learning that as a sumo wrestler, um, what I was going to do after I retired. Yeah. So I got really into it, like maybe 10 years into my career, 
when I started buying things for my parents, I bought their home, I built their home, I bought them a car and they all stuff. So I got to learn how to, you know, do something after my summer career. And that's when I started, like, music would be good. But, you know, because of the sumo career, he opened up a lot of doors, you know. And I'm like, I'm not like a person that started business from scrap like anybody else. You would need the funds to start something. But the good thing, because of my name and the fame that I got through sumo, it helped me generate so much funds at the beginning of my starting my, my, my company because that's where I was like the number one commercial person. I was doing seven major companies in Japan at the time. The first three years after the sumo, is where I really made a lot of money because I was doing like major company commercials. In fact, the whole year all I would do is shoot commercials and then two TV for the first couple of years. And then I would do dinner shows and stuff and lectures and all that. So. You're very hands-on. You're not just the funder of a business. You actually want it, you know, you know how you yeah. want the image to be and you actually get involved to make sure that people carry out your mission. Yeah, and even from designing the restaurant and making it look like legit Hawaii, you know, <laughs> not the commercial Hawaii, to the, to where that they understand what the tapa, I bought all my mom's tapa that she, she put away to, to design my restaurant with it. It's two restaurants, they're Japanese, and it's two cultures, you know. I try to make them understand the culture at the same time. So it's very important for me to understand, to understand that they understand my vision of what I'm trying to do. If everybody can be happy in a restaurant and go home smiling, they're, they're, they will always come back. You know, just because of the feeling they get from a certain area. It's like me, I go to a bar, if this bar feels good, even if I'm drinking or not, I would go because I feel comfortable. You know, the settings for families or couples or whatever it is, you try to make something that fits everyone, yeah? which is very hard, but yet you can work towards them. I get very involved with the, with the employees. So you're, you're giving them a Hawaii cultural experience also in the restaurant? Exactly. Yeah. That's why when, it, um, when people come in, make sure you say hello when they walk in. Aloha, when they leave, say mahalo. And the Japanese side, I make it more Japanese sumo style, not the regular. It's like in, in sumo, it's like, it's, it's thank you in our language, sumo. For Japanese, it would be arigato. Where I make sure they say like, when they leave and stuff. Things like that, just a little bit cultural. So it's like almost like a, a theme restaurant in Japan, right? Yeah, it's something different, yeah. you know. And um, because my Hawaiian side has a stage, we do a lot of Hawaiian music, local artists that sing Hawaiian music, and girls that that's who love. Mm-hmm. We have a Tahitian show sometimes, and that's where I perform too. See, so I perform in my own restaurant too. So maybe once, twice a month. So how come you never just name it Konishikis? The Japanese side is in Japanese Konishiki cuisine. Oh. But my Hawaiian side is called Hula Heart. It's Hula Heart. So it's two different names, but the, the whole restaurant is called Unbalanced. You know, something different. I don't know. Thanks for tuning in. Stay tuned for more on Greater Good Radio. After hundreds of interviews and thousands of hours of research, we're excited to share with you our first book, The Greater Good, Life Lessons from Hawaii's Leaders, with a special forward from Mayor Mufi Hanneman. The Greater Good is a collection of personal stories and quotes from over 70 of the leaders we've interviewed. The Greater Good will make you laugh, make you cry, and will inspire you to live a greater good life. Available at bookstores statewide and at greatergoodbooks.com. Is the greatest part of your workday the leftover lasagna you packed for lunch? Is it quickly becoming apparent that you and everyone you know are smarter than your boss? 
Just how satisfying is it to wear an untucked shirt on Fridays? It's time you stopped filling a position and started being fulfilled with a job that excites you every day, not just payday. And now is the perfect time to demand more of the work week. The Honolulu Star Bulletin and Midweek work with monsters so you can live up to your potential right here. Your calling is calling. Find it at starclassifieds.monster.com. We're back with one of the most celebrated athletes in sumo wrestling, Konishiki. You're so driven, you know. Mm. You could have just, like you said, retired after rest, sumo mm. wrestling and just lived your, a life, a beautiful life here in Hawaii and mm. Japan as well. What makes you keep wanting to get involved in other businesses, make sure that it's running um, to the qu quality that you want? I guess the biggest, uh, my energy source comes from um, knowing that I still have a lot of members in my family I have to help. So that's the first, my first priority is my family. My first, second, and third priority is my family. So um, I, um, people ask me the question of what is success to you? To me, success is when I know everyone in my family is stable, financially and emotionally or whatever it is. If I can get everybody to a stabilized lifestyle where everyone's comfortable with everything to do, that's what drives me. And then coming home, knowing that there's so much can be done to help other people um, is the other thing. I, I enjoy, I feel much better when I can do something for somebody. I like to get things, but not as much as I would like to give. Um, my family, because of very poor starting beginnings of our life, but yet, you know, my parents never showed that. Yeah, they did everything they could for people who visited us. My family's from the mainland or Samoa. They would have the best meals because they went out of their way to feed them, mm -hmm. and it was a, some of our best times because we get to leave the, eat the leftovers, you know. And that's the kind of life I lived. Um, it, we did as much as we could with what we had and more to help other people, yeah. So that is just a natural thing in me and um, I think I put myself in a position where there's, I put the pressure on me to tell, me, tell myself that I'm going to have to change something in this community while I'm alive. So by the time, time the calling comes, hopefully what I've done or what I've been trying to do would stick to other kids or other adults to help them improve our, our lifestyle out here in the country on the west side of Wow. Is that just because now you're at that level that you can do that or you always thought like that even when you were young? I always thought like that when I was young. I always, we were always helping people and um, whatever we did and even my family. We never sat around and complained. That's one thing I understood is no sit around. The more you sit, the more time you waste, you know. It's like my dad, if he called you, he, he never could say, wait. He hated when we said wait, the word wait. So we couldn't use the word wait. If dad called us, we'd go, hey, Saleh, come in. We gotta say come in. <laughs> and I was like, wait, he hated that word. But anyway, because of that, it helped us. Um, it helped me being positive. Growing up, my parents uh, really taught us how to be you know, very positive what we do. And they lived a very positive life, even though he came from Samoa many, many years ago, even with his broken English, he's helped a lot of families. And that's where, that's, that's where I think I get this helping in, in me come from, because he helped a lot of families start, start their lives here in, here in Hawaii, you know, getting their um, citizenships to getting them jobs. They were living in our houses that we have in Nanakuli, where I later um, built a new house for them. We had like 
30, 40 people living there at one time. And just to, he was always helping. And How big was the house? Only like two bedrooms. <laughs> Both house had two houses on a lot. He bought the lot, but because we had families we had to help, we made all our relatives live there until they got stable with work and stuff. But um, that's where it comes from, just helping, you know, and then we did everything we could. And when I was in sixth grade, I remember right out here, we used to go out and pick poker shells. Early in the morning before we went to school, we would take the gravel, because you have to sort it out to look for the shells, because we didn't want my mom to sit on the beach to do that. We took it home. We, we, we would load our pinto. We had a two-door pinto. We put like a canvas in the back, fill it up. The pinto would go drive home like this. All the way to another cooler, dump it off, do another load. We took two, two loads before we went to school. Weekends, we'd be in Kahala cleaning up people's yards for maybe two fifty a day. From from like six o'clock in the morning, we'd leave there like five. Two dollars and fifty cents. About two hundred fifty dollars. Two hundred fifty. Okay. For like taking all the rubs and cleaning mm -hmm. it up, things like that we do with my dad. Weekends, you know, or it was good because it's we took all the coconuts with. There were hot water coals that we were being swapping on Sunday selling coconuts. You know how to do it in swapping. But we did everything, man. If they went up to the mountain, pick guavas, weigh the guavas for like 25 cents a pound or something was for juices and stuff like that in, in downtown. We did a lot of stuff. So, like, you know, we never sat around, you know. Thanks for tuning in. Stay tuned for more on Greater Good Radio. After hundreds of interviews and thousands of hours of research, we're excited to share with you our first book, The Greater Good, Life Lessons from Hawaii's Leaders, with a special forward from Mayor Mufi Hanneman. The Greater Good is a collection of personal stories and quotes from over 70 of the leaders we've interviewed. The Greater Good will make you laugh, make you cry, and will inspire you to live a greater good life. Available at bookstores statewide and at greatergoodbooks.com. Staying cool on Hawaiian time Neptunites, the sunshine in your mouth Neptunites, For bubble tea supplies in your home, at a party or business Contact Bubble Tea Supply at 948-2622 Or online at bubbletea.com Neptunites, the sunshine in your mouth Howdy sell his company to Akamai Technologies for $3 billion. Find out at greatergoodradio.com. Who donates 6% of sales to make more money? Find out at greatergoodradio.com. How do you get 100 stores and 100 million in sales in less than 10 years? Find out at greatergoodradio.com. Who raised $50,000 in a few weeks for the tsunami relief? Find out at greatergoodradio.com. And all while benefiting the community. Radio. We're back with one of the most celebrated athletes in sumo wrestling, Konishiki. You know, you're obviously very determined. Was there any point in the career that you said, especially at the beginning, mm. you know, this is kind of a challenge and you, you got to make sure you're going to keep doing this? Well, you know, I was very clear where I stood when I left Hawaii. And I built a wall in my brain and my body and told me that there's no way this wall is going to break. You're either going to come up with something or nothing. And I ain't, and nothing won't be accepted in this family. So I put it on myself to be pressure to be something before I came home. And to be um, surprised that I came home in less than a year and a half.
because I made it in eight tournaments. It's it's one of the fastest in history even today. And then a couple of tournaments later, twelve tournaments later, I mean altogether twelve twelve tournaments to the name, just two years into the career, and I was the fastest ever to make junior champions. You know, so everything kind of worked out, and it was more like a dream. You know, I tell myself, "I'll get up," and you know, when I went to bed. It's four year old, it's four year old, because I don't know, I couldn't feel the pain of whatever I was doing. I'll be all banged up, I'll be all bruised, and my jaw would be like sore every day. And But I couldn't feel that pain as much as I think I should have. I guess because of the focus I had and what I was supposed to be doing. I was very determined to go. And you know, my sumo, being in a sumo life, it, it kind of helped me because you go in, you, you're like the dirt bag. You do everything, the dirty work. They can hit you, they can whack you. My first experience, my first month, this guy whacked me with a beer bottle over my head and you're not allowed to fight back. All you could say is say thank you. He get kicked, I was, and because I'm the newest guy in the club, I slept with the garbage. I'll be sleeping right, right along the garbage. All the rubbish, all stink next. I'll be stepped on, people would kick me, but you're not, and some other guys were nice enough to, don't get up, just stay there and don't say anything. Because you have that, it's all boys, so you know how wild that can be. So I took that to my advantage. I told him, I'm gonna, I'm gonna kill this guy tomorrow in practice. And I actually did that. I came home so, I would be so fired up to practice. My pillow would like have tears up, so pissed off, so pissed off I'll be. And I remember myself, practice stuff, I'll be up at 3.30, ready to go. I wanted to practice so bad. And even after my career, I went and hang out with some of my, my, my senior wrestlers who, they tell me, man, you were like, fire. Your red would be bloodshot all. Like wanting to people, yeah, and that's how I felt, and that's the only way I could get back to people is to practice. And naturally, it's a great motivation for me because now I can legally beat up guys in practice and be good at it. You know, it's it's a funny way to say it, but that's what actually happened. So, have you ever had a time, even early in the career, where you wanted to quit? Oh, not really. I was very sad in part of my career because I knew already I couldn't come back home. Number one, they took my passport away, so there's no way I could come home. <laughs> Number two, I didn't have money to come home. So I was already stuck. I knew I wasn't gone. I was sad because at the beginning of my career, a lot of things happened to my family. I lost a couple of nieces. I lost my grandmother. You know, I couldn't even be part of those events, yeah, going to the funerals. And um, through my whole career, it's like that, you know. So um, that's the sad part when I hear things happening to the family and I couldn't be there for it, you know. But all in all, I know is doing even something even more positive for them. It's help support our family. Is that is that what drove you through the whole thing then? Oh, yeah. Being able to support your family? Even today, that's what is, is driving me. Is basically, my foundation is my family. And that's what uh, drives me to do good, you know. Being from the West Side and being a Samoan, you know, it's it's very stereotype where Samoans are known just to be big and strong and football players. And so, you know, I want to be accepted as a person that um, try to help, and it's, uh, the culture itself is very family-oriented. The kids that come out in a good upbringing families are the ones that really are more head cool and, you know, try to real, try to take care of their families. Mm -hmm. And even being from the West Side, like I said, when I went to the school, I had no respect because of where I'm from. And that's the thing I'm trying to say is all the kids that come out of here are all dealing with that. 
you know, at a very young age, they know that. You know, and it's very important to them to understand. Don't let that hold back them from what they want to be. Because I'm leaving proof that I come from a very family, you know, when I left 25 years, our family didn't have shower rooms, they didn't have a kitchen in the house. But we were okay for that. But it didn't stop us from trying to be good in whatever we put ourselves in, right? So it's, it's, it's a, I'm a living person who can explain and through what I went through, yeah. And everyone can be good. I think there's more, there, there's more than enough people who can be successful in this community if they're guided right and make, it, make them believe that they can make it, yeah. Is that where the Konishki's kids came from? That's very where the Konishki kids come from. And because it's harder to make an older person understand, I work with the kids when they're in the elementary sixth graders, I think, mm -hmm. on the Japan. The reason for that, if I, I always thought my theory was if the kids can accelerate and enjoy and be excited about something, something that they do at home, the parents will be very curious. Oh, how come my son is so curious about this trip he's going on, he's learning all this? How come he's so excited? They're going to have to come and look. So to me, the kids are the one who are actually giving back to their parents in a way where the parents will come and understand why the kids are understanding. They're trying to understand how to go on this trip, how to learn this language, why they're learning how to dance, or there's a reason for everything we do. And that's to make them understand that if they be more supportive of what the kids are doing and be aware, more aware of how they do in school and be there all for them, the kids can go so far because the kids out there are very talented, very smart, very artistic, they have so much talents out here, but the reason is a lot of, a lot of parents are working so hard, three jobs, four jobs. You know, some of them are drug-related families who their kids have to live with grandparents or guardians. And um, no matter what um, household you come from, I think if people like me or people, or anybody who has a program that can help them understand, you can, you can overcome. You can you can actually go over this hill if you just take the first step. Is number one, your priority right now is your schooling. You know you can focus on your school and learn from it. It will take you to the next level. You know the next level is what college. If you can go through there, you know always tell the kids you don't want to be the one digging the home. or even telling the person to pay. You want to be the guy from the office making and writing the checks to pay the people who dig the holes. We have a lot of people who can dig holes. You know. Mm -hmm. But it's that, you know, I've learned so much that through my program, that how we are out here. And I understand because I lived all my life out here before I went to Japan. And the things that they're going through, the emotional, the emotional drama they're going through and the physical trauma they're going through here is what I go through with my own, my own family too so I can understand that, yeah. Thanks for joining us today on Greater Good Radio. For more information or a transcript of today's show, please visit us online at greatergoodradio.com. This is your host, Evan Leong and Carrie Leong, saying please join us next time for another episode of Greater Good Radio Hawaii.